Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in her space. By nature of our degrees and our profession, logically, we know how to do it, right? So I can talk a good game because I know how to do it. I can say to other people, in this situation, this is what I would do. And this is what you, this is how you need to handle this girl. Let's get this, you know, I can use the language, have the tone. But sometimes for me in those small moments, I don't show up for myself. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. quote of the day comes from Serena Williams. I think of the next girl who is going to come along who looks like me, and I hope maybe, just maybe, my voice will help her. Let that sit for a moment, because our topic for today is about assertiveness. So let that sink in for a moment. I think of the next girl who is going to come along who looks like me, and I hope, maybe, just maybe, my voice will help her. All right, T, you ready to dive into talking about assertiveness? Let's do it. Let's do it. So when I think about assertiveness, it makes me think about what I was taught about assertiveness growing up in my voice. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I... I feel like I talk about this all the time, but I think it's so a childhood. I, I'm learning as an adult. Childhood really does shape who you become as an adult. And I realize now that, you know, growing up and being abused and, and being taught that my voice doesn't matter, that has presented so many challenges for me as an adult, as a black woman. Right. And so I am constantly finding that I am unlearning and relearning the ways in which I should be showing up in the world to hold space for myself and my voice and state how I feel and not adapt to the feelings of others around me because that's, that's what I was accustomed to. And so when I think of assertiveness, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm torn. There were moments where I remember I, my voice didn't matter, but then there were other moments where I was empowered to use my voice. And I know when I was younger, when it came to my body and when it came to 
me being uncomfortable, my mom taught me to like speak up in those situations, right? Mm-hmm. So to tell her if someone, you know, touched me or made me feel uncomfortable. So I do remember that. But at the same time, I got mixed messages because on another hand, in certain instances, my voice didn't matter. And so as an adult, I was kind of torn between these two. And I feel like I gravitated toward the, my voice doesn't matter. I won't speak up. I'll just take it. I'll just be quiet. I don't want to, you know, ruffle feathers. I don't want to offend anyone. And so even today, I'm still learning and encouraging myself to speak up when I feel something. And my method and my comfort level is to do so in a peaceful way, unless I got to turn up on somebody. If they're, you know, <laughs> sometimes people make you turn up, you got to turn up. But I typically try to remain tactful, professional, and do it in that way. So, yeah, I'm still working on that today. But this is definitely a topic that is important for us, considering you know, who we are and the stereotypes that come along with being Black women. I can totally relate and understand that. You know, I think about my own experiences and, you know, you would think that, okay, well, she's a therapist, so she knows this, right? And even for you, we know that you have your degree in conflict resolution. So the assumption is that we both know how to do this, that it should just come naturally. The reality is that it doesn't. That for me, it's it's a similar experience of I had role models who were very assertive and could be in some instances perceived as aggressive, constantly use their voice, were never afraid to use their voice. And then I had other role models who had a quiet way of using their voice. And and so for me, it was a balance of trying to figure out, well, when do I use my voice? So I found that there were times when I would use my voice in that assertive way when I got angry. Mm -hmm. And usually that meant that it would come out as aggressive. And we'll talk a little bit later about how to differentiate between assertiveness and aggressiveness, right? But I learned to kind of take things in a lot and not use my voice. So then that's how I ended up on that more aggressive side. And so I know just from conversations with different friends and other people in my life that a lot of us have similar experiences, especially being Black women when there's the stereotype of the angry Black woman, right? That the automatic assumption is that when we stand up for ourselves, that we're it's got to be because we're angry. Or if we're angry, then it's a problem. And that our anger is not rightfully justified. And people either, there's situations that I can think of, you know, in the public eye where Black women have asserted themselves and it's become problematic for the people around them. And they assert themselves in the same way that maybe, let's say, their white counterparts might, right? Typically white men, but then when the Black woman does it, it's a big issue. I think you have a really good example that you were sharing earlier too, Dom, with me. Yeah, I was, we were... 
our quote of the day yeah. came from Serena Williams and it came specifically from the Harper's Bazaar article that recently came out and we'll have the link in the show notes so other people can check it out. But she was opening up about her experience um, in 2018, September 2018, when she stood up for herself in a game that where Naomi Osaka won. And for her, that experience caused her a lot of anxiety. And she actually, in the article, mentioned that she went to therapy to process what she was experiencing because her level of asserting herself, her need to assert herself because she was being wronged in that moment, had her feeling guilty about taking away from Naomi's big win. And in the article, they also mentioned that the media did a really good job of putting the two of them against one another, which commonly happens when women in workspaces stand up for themselves. It's a perception that if one woman is standing up for herself, then it's got to be to slight the other woman. Or, you know, and so I just get frustrated when I hear those types of situations, because what it does is for those women who might not be comfortable with being assertive, it sends the message that it's not OK to be assertive. It sends the message that you're wrong. It sends the message that your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings are not valid and are not valued in this space. That's a really good point. I'm just kind of taking that on, taking that all in. Like, what does it even mean to be assertive? Right? Because I feel like sometimes people get assertive and aggressive mixed up. And so by doing our research, <laughs> we've defined assertive as showing a confident and see, this even says showing a confident or forceful personality, which to me sounds a bit off-putting, right? But it could also just mean being decisive, being bold, being self-assured. So I think it varies when it comes to how assertiveness looks on different people, right? You could still be direct and say what you mean and mean what you say and be assertive, right? And so I think about, I went to the nail shop today and a woman came in and she, I wouldn't even see, say she was assertive. I think she was just rude, but she basically came in and said, um, can you do my nail? Like, you know, I called and they said you would be free at 11. And she's like, how long is the wait? And so the woman she was talking to was like, she said, oh, just pick out your color and have a seat. She's like, no, I need to know how long is the wait because I have a flight. And she's like, well, what's the issue? She's like, well, the other girl besides her doing an after job on my nails, like she was just really, she was upset. Clearly, she even said, like, I'm pissed. But in my opinion, she may have been assertive plus aggressive, right? In that case. Now, mm. when the woman was doing my nails, I noticed that I'd be on it. When they're filing them nails, I'm like, all right, I'm looking at them to make sure they match. I'm like, okay, this one's crooked. So when she was doing my nails, I just said, can you file, you know, these two? Because they're mm -hmm. a little crooked. And so she did that. And I feel like that's being assertive right there. Just saying what you mean, meaning what you say and kind of advocating for yourself. And so, well, let's talk about that a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think that we do confuse assertive and aggressive. And sometimes someone can be being, they might be trying to be assertive and it's coming across as rude. And so we want to think about, you know, we constantly have conversations where we think about intent versus impact, right? And so 
Her intent may not have been to be rude, but the impact she had was that she appeared rude. And so if we step back and we think about, well, what made her asserting herself? Because I've had situations where my nails have been messed up and I'm like, all right, no, I need to go back in and I need to communicate that y'all messed this up. Y'all need to fix this. Or I've had situations where I've made an appointment knowing that I'm on a short time crunch. And so as you were saying that, I was like, damn, I think I've been that woman where I walk into the nail shop and I have a flight and I'm like, listen, I made my nail appointment for five. It's five. Uh, I know that being here takes two hours and my flight I need to be headed to the airport by 730 so I don't have two and a half hours to wait around. Like, I need to be done. Recognizing that it's about my stuff, right? And so when I go into that situation, how I would approach it, if I'm approaching it from an assertive perspective, then I'm recognizing that I'm focused on my time. And if my time is something that is the highest priority for me, then I also need to be mindful that, okay, so I'm going to go in and I'm going to say, hey, this is the amount of time that I have. I made my appointment for five with the expectation that I'm going to be out in two hours because that's how long it normally takes. If I see that there's going to be any variation, then I can inquire about what's causing the variation, like what's causing the, the delay. And then at that moment, I can make the decision, do I want to wait and risk being pushed for time? Or do I want to say, you know what? I see that clearly my time is going to be pushed. My time is not like for whatever reason, my time is not going to go the way I wanted it to. Maybe I need to either not get my nails done right now or I need to go somewhere else, right? And and it's also like contextual because even in that moment, she's saying that she's coming back because they messed up before. So even if we were to initially look at that situation and say, well, she should have planned better. She shouldn't be making a, a nail appointment to two hours before she needs to be at the airport. Note to self, let me not do that again in life, right? But that wasn't a part of her original plan coming into the nail shop right before an appointment. It sounds like she came in at an appropriate time considering her schedule, right? She had practiced some good time management and now this is a deviation to what she initially planned. So when we think about the context of she's coming in, had initially respected her time and now she's coming in on something that she didn't plan on, that she didn't anticipate So she's stressed and she's like, listen, y'all messed up my nails already. I need y'all to be trying to be more accommodating towards me. In that context, I see where her need to be assertive could come across as being rude. That makes sense. And I think about it when you were saying that it made me think about in situations where you being rude, it's probably the most appropriate 
you know, disposition to have based on the circumstance and the context. And so I think that it's in, I don't know, I think sometimes it's important to consider the context, like you said, and if she did come before, I think she actually said it was her second time coming back. And so when you consider all that, it's like, you know what? There are definitely situations where I've been super pissed. And I'm like, yo, I just want you to do this shit the right way so I can get on with my day. So I, I, I get it. No, that makes sense. I, I do think that there's there are like different brands of assertiveness. And it kind of makes me think about Jamel Hill. And so I think this was in what, 2017? Where she had posted oh, this a tweet. might have been last year. That's what I thought. But this article that I found says it was posted in October of 2017. But I feel like that was in 2018. Who knows? It was, it was the last, time. the last couple of years have been pretty rough on I, black women right, right, right. in terms of how they attack our mm-hmm. willingness to be assertive. You know, what happened was Jamel Hill from ESPN had posted a tweet mm-hmm. and the tweet says something along the lines of like Donald Trump is a white supremacist who is largely, who surrounds himself with white supremacists or something like that. And Trump ended up tweeting about her saying that, oh, this must be why ESPN's uh, ratings are low. And then ESPN, they ended up firing her because they said that she had, she didn't abide by their social media guidelines or something like that. And when you think about it, what she did was she was assertive. She spoke truth to power. And because they didn't like what she said and who it bothered, they let her go. Talented woman who does a great job at what, you know, what she was doing there. And it's like, because she used her voice and used her platform to speak truth to power because what she said was the truth and they didn't like it. It's like, oh, now we have to police you because we don't like the truth that you're speaking, you know? And so, and I want to point out that she wasn't fired immediately after that, right? There were multiple instances where she has spoke, where she spoke out where she used her voice about Trump or just in general, in general. And, and the thing is, the thing that comes up for me with that is this whole, this complexity of how black women are expected to be assertive. And then when it doesn't benefit the other people, then it becomes a problem. Right? So part of what, in my opinion, part of why Jamel Hill was so successful was because she was very assertive from the from day one has no and if you she has a podcast on Spotify now and she writes for the Atlantic currently if you read any of her articles if you listen to her podcast she has no problem with assertiveness mm-hmm. never has her previous employer was well aware of that And so initially they were fine with it. It worked out well until it didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a problem that a lot of black women face in the workplace is that people appreciate our assertiveness until they don't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, at what point do they not appreciate our assertiveness anymore? Well, generally they appreciate our, they, they don't appreciate our assertiveness anymore when it's used on them. When we point out something they have done wrong. So they're fine when we stick up for them, right? When we, they look to us to be the person that 
defends everybody, that speaks up against all the injustices happening. But then when we point out where they're being racist or they're being sexist or ageist or whatever it is that they're doing, when we assert ourselves with them, that's when it becomes a problem. That's a really good point. And there's this really great article on the National Women's Law Center. Um, it's called The Risk of Being a Black Woman with a Voice by Kayla Patrick. And I want to read, read this one paragraph and see what you think about it. So it says the obstacles for black women and girls are very well documented. The high unemployment rate for black women tells us that sometimes it's even harder for black women to get a job. The large wage gap tells us that too many black women go to work every day just to be undervalued and underpaid. As a black woman, Jamel's experience is personal to me. And it's a reminder that those black women who are able to find success are still subject to the unspoken rules of how black women are supposed to act speak and behave at work and school. The way schools disproportionately suspend Black girls tells us that the silencing of Black women and girls begins early. I know I was taught to be seen and not heard when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I was taught to, you know, be nice and sweet and be, you know, a gentle girl. And, and it's just, it's not good for us. And I think you made a really good point. I was going to ask this question earlier when you said that sometimes when you are assertive, it comes off as aggressive. And I was going to ask you, but you actually said it. Like, is that because there's like built up stuff? Because I know for me, sometimes it's like, okay, I could take something on and on. And then at one point I just snap and people are like, what the fuck is wrong with her? And it's like, well, I've been holding the shit in the whole time. I saw this quote on social media and I totally forgot, but it said something along the lines of like, we're doing ourselves a disservice when we don't speak up right. when those things happen. And we just keep mm -hmm. on letting it ride because then we're going to blow up. People are going to look at us like we're crazy. And we could have just been upfront and assertive initially, which is difficult, right? It's not always easy for certain people based on your temperament and personality. And so we got you. We got some tips on how we can all work on being assertive because it is really important to be assertive so that I know for me, like there's no guesswork, right? When you, when people are assertive and you, I like to know where people stand, like, tell me what it is. Don't say one thing and you really feel another way, like keep it honest, like be, keep it a hundred, be honest. Let me know how you feel so that we can have an honest dialogue and we both are on the same page. And so I think we are empowering ourselves, but also ensuring that we have better communication when we are assertive. So it helps everyone. Right. And I think the communication piece is, is super important. That's, that is probably the biggest piece in assertiveness versus being aggressive versus being Passive. Mm. Mm, passive aggressive. Oh, yeah. That now that combination. So there's four, right? So Ooh. there's like the passive person uh -huh. that lets everything, everything slide, right? Doesn't stand up for themselves at all. Mm -hmm. And they're okay with that. Mm -hmm. Then there's your passive aggressive person who on the surface appears to be okay with it, but in reality, they're not. And so then they will do some manipulative little things to communicate to you. And I can't even, and it's not always necessarily manipulative, petty. but they'll do petty. petty. Yeah. They'll do like <laughs> petty things or they'll engage you in a behavior without articulating what's going on. And that's a way to let you know how they're feeling without saying how they're feeling. So they're being kind of indirect. Yeah. Then you have the person who's flat out aggressive. And those are people that can come across as like assholes, right? 
Then you have our assertive person. And our assertive person is that person who's able to identify the behavior, the impact, their feelings, and what they want changed, right? They use I statements. They speak loudly and clearly, avoiding pauses and ums. So they're making sure that they're coming across as confident and competent. They own what they need. And they aim for positivity and collaboration. Now, question for you. What does it mean when we say identify the impact? So let's go back to our example of the nail shop, mm-hmm. right? To I, first, we're going to identify the behavior. The behavior is getting my nails done, right? And my nails were not done properly. That's the behavior. The impact is thinking about what's going to happen to everyone around me and myself in this moment when I speak up, right? My feelings, I'm pissed off. Mm -hmm. What I want changed, I need my nails redone, Mm -hmm. okay? Okay. And so when we look at that situation, if I come in in an aggressive tone, meaning I come in and I'm yelling and I'm saying, y'all fucked up my nails. I need this shit redone right now, right? Like, I don't care what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. You need to help. And I'm setting it off in there, right? Mm -hmm. That's aggressive. The impact that's going to have is one, you're going to upset and activate everyone in the nail shop. Then you're going to make it so that the nail tech is not going to want to assist you. If anything, the nail tech might either become aggressive with you or they may engage in a passive aggressive manner with you in which they tell you, oh, it's okay. Just have a seat. I'll get, I'll get with you shortly and let you sit there. And we'll find all kinds of other customers to help and other things to do mm-hmm. to make you wait because you upset them. Gotcha. So you and, and then you get more pissed off because you're sitting there waiting. And so it starts this vicious cycle. If we back it up and think about how to assertively handle that situation, you come in. Well, once she already called, she'd called ahead and made an appointment. So when she walks in, she can identify who she is. She can say, I'm really, you know, in a calm manner, state that she's really unhappy with the way her nails have turned out and ask, what is the process for getting this corrected? Articulate, you know, that she's upset. And even if, and if she's been a longtime customer, she can say, you know, I know that you all generally do a much better job. I've been coming here for X amount of time. I enjoy being a customer here. I want a chance for us to rectify this situation. In that, she's being clear that she values this space, but she wants good service too. And she's also letting them know that she didn't appreciate the, the previous service that she had. So she's articulating her feelings. And so in that moment, the nail tech is more likely to find a way to assist her. 
the hope is that if she communicates in that assertive way, that they would respond in kind and the situation would resolve in a manner that's going to be helpful for both parties. So it sounds like impact is you just being, I want to say considerate of how your behavior will impact the people that will be receiving it, basically. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about that, I feel like, is sometimes our intent doesn't match our impact. And so I feel like even having a conversation at some point around like people and their sensitivity, everyone takes things differently. So you might be being assertive and you're, you're like, you know what? I'm not even being mean or rude or anything. I'm being assertive. I'm being direct. I'm letting you know what I want, how I want it. And because someone, I mean, I'm a sensitive person, so no judgment, but because someone may be sensitive or they may not be used to your conversation style, your intention was to be assertive, but that person received it in a different way. So I think that that's a possibility. So even in being assertive, everyone's not going to understand or agree with it, but it's still very important, I think, for us to be assertive. And I do try. I, I know um, it's funny. I have people around me that are a lot more assertive and I watch them and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like if we're in public together, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, my goodness, here we go. Because I don't usually like to rock the boat unless it's like it takes a lot for me to get to that point where it's like, oh, hell no. We about to, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. But I think part of our journey on assertiveness is getting better with being OK with the boat rocking. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Because I, as you said that, I thought about like. Yeah, there have been times where I've been out with my sisters Mm -hmm. or my mom and they have been like extremely assertive. Yes. And I'm just sitting back and I'm like, really, this ain't that big a deal. Like, why do we have to complain about Mm -hmm. that? And more recently, one of my sisters has said, you know, she's kind of made the comment that. I've become way more assertive, like you were pointing out, like you're pointing out all kinds of stuff now. And I'm like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because part of that is me practicing being more assertive. And part of why I want to put more energy into being assertive is because that protects my energy. And in multiple episodes, Mm -hmm. we talk about protecting our energy, self-care and self-preservation and being assertive aligns with all of those things. So if I'm not assertive, then I run the risk of taking in things that I don't want to, that I don't want really want to take in. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not, what that means is I'm not communicating my real feelings. Yes. And then that builds up resentment. And then that's when I end up exploding on someone in exploding in a situation that more than likely didn't deserve me exploding. Mm -hmm. Going back to our nail shop example of she may, that woman may have been coming in and she may have exploded because there were lots of other things in her life that she hadn't addressed. And this felt like the safe opportunity to explode because there's less risk involved. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. I mean, that's so true. And I think even for me, I've come a long way when it comes to being assertive. But of course, there's always room for improvement. And I know sometimes I get really nervous. My stomach is kind of in knots and I'm kind of going back and forth in my head on like how it's going to play out. How do I want to say it? What, What might the impact be? But I still try to push myself to move forward with it because like you said, sometimes it's too exhausting. I'm like, I don't want to take on this energy. And, you know, let's say someone does something for you or I'm thinking about a situation where like 
someone may have, um, I'm trying to think of like a recent situation I had where I think someone may have like designed something like, oh, do you like this? Now you have an opportunity to be direct and be assertive and say, no, can you fix this? Or just, oh, yeah, it's cool. And then you're looking at this piece of shit like, God damn it, I should have said something. <laughs> um, I hate this artwork or whatever it is. But because you weren't assertive, now you kind of have to deal with that. And so I think I'm getting to the point where I'm just exhausted. And I'm over just letting stuff slide. But again, if you are working on being assertive, you are not alone. We are all a work in progress. We are all trying to do our best. Some of us have more, I want to say, um, I don't even know the adjective to use, but some of us have different personalities and that just comes naturally for us. Whereas others like myself, and I think Dom as well, we have to work a little harder on building that muscle. But like anything else, once you build that muscle and you're exercising it, you're going to get better. So it's going to be okay. I agree. And I think, yeah, it's just a matter of build, like adding to that arsenal. And, you know, as we have been talking, like I think about how, I'm good at talking a good game. If we go back to the beginning where I said that, like, by nature of our degrees and our profession, logically, we know how to do it, right? So I can talk a good game because I know how to do it. I can say to other people, in this situation, this is what I would do. And this is what you, this is how you need to handle this girl. Let's get this, you know, I can use the language, have the tone, but sometimes for me in those small moments, I don't show up for myself. I'm good at showing up for others, asserting for others, but the muscle that I'm trying to build is asserting myself. Right. And so before we wrap up, I want to just Go over our tips one more time so that everybody listening can remember how to be assertive. Because I know that there's all of us listening have, again, we're either passive, passive aggressive, aggressive or assertive. And it's really hard for us to to truly be assertive. If we really want to be assertive, then we want to remember that we need to, in the situation where we're faced with a decision, we identify the behavior, think about the impact, identify our feelings, and then what we want changed. As we're communicating about those things, we use I statements. We speak loudly and clearly, avoiding pauses and ums. We own, take ownership and responsibility for what it is that we need. And then we aim for positivity and collaboration. You catch more bees and flies with honey than you do with vinegar. That is Awesome. And I want to add two little nuggets onto that. The next, the, what you made me think of is be unapologetic. I know I am the sorriest person ever. I will sorry you to death. Oh, I'm sorry when I need something. I am really working on that because you're not sorry. No, you said what you said. I said what I said. Yes. Don't at me. Okay. Yes. Like, say what you mean, mean what you say and be unapologetic. And then also what we allow will continue. So if we continue to let someone do something and we never say anything. We can't be mad at them when they keep on doing it because they don't know because we haven't asserted ourselves. And so you got this. Just know that it's baby steps, right? So take a small little step 
and you can do it. We have other episodes that you need to listen to about confidence, conflict resolution, and boundaries. And so if you kind of put those on rotation, you will be good to go. You'll be you'll be telling everybody exactly how you feel before you know it. They'll be like, who is this new person? Who is she? Oh my gosh. So tune into those episodes and that's everything you need. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I will not judge myself for where I'm starting. I'm making progress every day. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, ladies.